Hello and welcome to Unbossed. We are so glad that you are here and in the co-chair seat today. Co-chair, Jackson, I'm acting like <laughs> I'm on a committee or something. Right, right. it's just foreshadowing, that's all it's it is. You know? My it is. co-host today is none other than Jackson White. Action Jackson, how you doing today? I'm good, each and every Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? Like church on Sunday, we here, I'm feeling good. It's a warm day in New Jersey, it was just really cold, but the weather patterns have changed and I'm ready to deliver. Same here, <laughs> and Jackson, as you all know, is a contributor for Rebel HQ. Jackson, anything that, you know, what's happening over at the Rebel HQ? Well, we covering, you know, the same old type of crazy stuff that we got going on, but you can also check me out on my YouTube. I do morning streams and I'm I'm, I'm getting ready to do a whole lot of different types of this in-depth discussions about all types of things. But that is uh, youtube.com at uh, slash at politics and paper. It's politics and paper on YouTube. Check me out. Politics and paper. Yeah, y'all want to check Jackson out either at politics and paper or rebel HQ. Either so or. Jackson what we have in store today. President Biden gave his State of the Union address last night. We are going to analyze that State of the Union. As you know, yesterday we forecast what might be said last night. And you know what, we were like 99.9% right in that. And Turkey, unfortunately, is still hurting the death toll now reaching over 11,000 people. And then say hello to the most common form of health insurance. It's called GoFundMe. Don't forget to like to subscribe. If you are not a member TYT, you wanna go ahead and do that. Call your friends, your frenemies or text them. Let them know the best hour, one of the best hours of their day is happening right now. So take a look at this. Last night, President Joe Biden gave his State of the Union address. He was very much himself. I think that was the high side of it. He seemed very comfortable in his skin last night. Let's take a look. I ran for president to fundamentally change things, to make sure our economy works for everyone, so we can all feel that pride in what we do. To build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. Because when the middle class does well, the poor have a ladder up and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. The bottom up and the middle out. I mean, I, I know some speechwriter thought that that sounded good, but in reality, that is not happening for the American people. So there is definitely a disconnect between what the president had to say last night and what Big Mama and Big Papa are feeling in hoods all over this country, whether they're rural hoods, urban hoods, or suburban hoods. This dog, as they say in the South, just don't hunt. And I'm finding myself agreeing with a former Republican Congressman, Joe Walsh, who tweeted this last night. I'm with him. I'll say it again. These speeches are stupid, pointless theater. Biden takes a shot at Republicans, MSNBC, and the left cheers. Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene shout liar, Fox, and the right cheers. And to what end? 
Each side shouts to their own fans, but this advances what? You know what, Congressman Walsh, you are absolutely right. What does it advance other than each side receiving some brownie points from the people who are already on their side in the first place? The question becomes, whose side are these policymakers really on? And one of the major ways that we can determine that as an American people is by the policies. Follow the money. Not the rhetoric, baby. Follow the money. So the everyday people of this nation, they're just losing. And let's take a look at some of the key quality of life variables that prove that out based on what the president said and what is actually happened. Let's take a look at this, the president on health care or drug costs, pharmaceuticals. Take a look. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. Now they're they're out there booing, you know, and the Republicans saying it's your fault, your fault. No, actually, Republicans, it's the pharmaceutical industry's fault, which makes it your fault because you're in the Congress. You and the President of the United States of America can do something about this because you can change the rules of the game. But have you done that? No, absolutely, you have not. This is what my stunt double had to say about this foolishness and mayhem is actually the fault of big pharma pushing opioids into every community creating a dependency issue. That's whose fault it is. And they're making mega, mega, mega. And can I just say mega one more time profits off of the suffering, the backs, the deaths literally of the American people. And you got these Congress people who are paid $175,000 a year who could take an off day whenever they want. They got paid sick time, paid family leave. Sitting up there acting like they're powerless. The American people should be born. And furthermore, on the economy, let's play what the president had to say last night. I know a lot of you always kid me for always quoting my dad, but my dad used to say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. He really would say this. It's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. We're not finished yet by any stretch of the imagination, but unemployment rate is at 3.4%, a 50-year low. Near record unemployment for black and Hispanic workers. We've already created, your help, 800,000 good paying manufacturing jobs. The fastest growth in 40 years. You know, I do agree with the president that a job should be about respect and dignity, but that is not happening at all. Let's take a look at what my stunt double had to say about this. She had a lot to say. Good morning, 60% of Americans, a little paycheck to paycheck. And the way we fix that is by strengthening labor unions. Those are the facts. And speaking of strengthening labor unions and the president saying that a job is about dignity and respect. How can you have dignity or respect when you can't even get one, and I mean one, paid sick day? Let's see what the president put up this morning. Had me scratching my head, Jackson. I'm sick and tired of companies breaking the law to keep workers from organizing. (laughs) Pass the PRO Act because workers have a right to form a union and let's guarantee all workers a living wage. You know what? 
I'm sick and tired too. I'm, I'm with him on that. But I am old enough to remember when this president and the 117th Congress took away the right to strike from rail workers. Is anybody out there in the audience old enough to remember that? I know I am because this just happened a few months ago. It just happened. And so for the president to tweet something like this, to me, it just shows the total disconnect between him, those members of Congress, and that bubble that they call Washington, D.C. He had the pure, unadulterated gall. As my grandmother would say, more nerd than a brass A monkey. That's what grandma would say. Y'all can <laughs> fill in the A. You know what I'm talking about. To tweet this as if they are powerless. The PRO Act could have and should have passed in the 117th General Assembly when Democrats had both chambers. That's what it should have happened. Guaranteeing workers a living wage, I am all for it. How about we start with increasing the federal minimum wage? There was an opportunity to do that over the last two years in the 117th General Assembly. But Jackson, they absolutely did nothing and then blamed it on the parliamentarian. I mean, the chick's role, it's a woman, if it was a dude, I'd say dude, but her role is advisory. The Congress does not have to accept her opinion. On a thing, they can let it go, but they couldn't even raise the federal minimum minimum wage from seven dollars and seventy five cents to fifteen dollars. And the president tweeted this stuff this morning as if he has no power. Jackson, I'm just well. I'm I, I think definitely, you know, what Joe Walsh said about the State of the Union addresses is definitely true. It's, it's pretty much the same thing every time, you know, like it, it's it's performative. For both parties, whoever's in the administration, you know, they 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 float out whatever their accomplishments are, lack thereof, and then the party stands up and claps, and the other one boos. But um, you know, you pointed out several really important things about Joe Biden, and uh, before I list them out, the, the Democrats' saving grace continues to be how disorganized the Republican Party is. That's the only the only thing that's really saving them, because there's something to be said about yeah, you throw people bones, but failing on promises. There's really something to be said about that, about how that makes people feel, how it make, how it impacts people's support, how it impacts people's loyalty to you. So you can say, oh, Republicans are bad, and yeah, Republicans are objectively more corporate and right wing in a variety of ways that are more damaging to the middle class. But you are the ones who, you know, for instance, like Joe Biden, uh, we didn't show the clip, but he was saying how you know we're not going to touch Social Security. But Joe Biden has many times tried to go after Social Security. Hello, really, somebody. Most of what Joe Biden does positive for the middle class is because he's been pushed very heavily by public pressure in that direction um, because Joe Biden is very conservative. And I think one of the most telling parts of the, the whole State of the Union that we didn't show is when uh, Biden brought up Social Security. And he was like, now Republicans want to cut it. And he, he, he made sure to say, I know not all of you want to do it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that. And that just shows that he's, you know, how much he's not going to fight, how much he's not going to go after. Um, he fell short on many things. And two, the reality is, is whether Democrats or Republicans are in office, statistics can always be thrown out in some type of way to make it look good. You know, you can say we got a whole lot of new jobs, but those jobs suck and they don't pay and people don't stay there. But you don't have to say that, you know, so it really is just a, a big fluff show. But uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden, again, the most telling part to me is when he, he, he wasn't quite willing to fully say that the Republicans want to cut social security. He made sure to say, now, not all of you now, I'm not saying all of you. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because he's still pushing this bipartisanship. And remember also in the state of union, he said, I don't want to name names. You know, I want to be polite. 
Hell, right. time out for being polite. <laughs> if, if, exactly. these, if these folks, these dudes and chicks on the Republican side want to cut Social Security, it is time over for being polite. Name names. Let's let's call the roll. You know, let the American people, we want the elders of this country to know who's coming for their Social Security. Because this is war, domestic war on the American people to touch, to even think about touching Social Security, Medicare or Medicaid, but especially Social Security. So the bottom line is that unemployment is not the only indicator, it's not the only measure. And Jackson, as you were laying out, what type of jobs do people have? What difference does it make if you have a job and you're not making a living wage? And you have to work several jobs to make ends meet so that your quality of life is diminished like hell. What difference does it make when you can't meet your rent or your mortgage or you can't buy gas or you can't afford eggs when the chicken wings are cheaper than the eggs? What difference does it make about the unemployment rate? What difference does it make if you have a job but you don't have paid sick leave or paid family leave? What difference does it make? What difference does it make if you have a job and you don't have good health care plan? You either uninsured or underinsured. What difference does it make about the unemployment rate going down? See, that is the part that President Joseph Biden missed last night and all of them Democrats jumping up to clap like robots when Big Mama and Big Papa are catching holy hell in these streets. Yeah, that's what we talking about. That's what Jackson and I talking about. We're not talking about the pop, the pump and the circumstances. We talking about the hell that people are catching in these streets. These people are disconnected. They disconnected. They don't live, they don't, they don't understand the realities in the streets because they in the bubble. So my stunt double has something to say about this as she usually does. Let's say what she said, the state of the union matters, but baby, the state of the streets matter more. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hello somebody in the comments today? (laughs) The state of the union matters, but the state of the streets matter more. 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, irrefutable, barely able to afford rent and groceries, all while unemployment is down and corporate profits are up. That's the sign of a rigged economy. Because from the pandemic to this very moment, these mega corporations have been making mad Skrilla. While everybody else is barely scraping by. And then you got these folks jumping up and down and clapping. Something wrong with these folks. Now on policing, have a woosah moment. Unbossed viewers, I'ma have a woosah moment on policing. This is what the president had to say. But what happened to Tyree in Memphis happens too often. We have to do better. Give law enforcement the real training they need. Hold them to higher standards. Or police departments violate the public trust. They must be held accountable. I signed an executive order for all federal officers, banning chokeholds, restricting no-knock warrants, and other key elements of the George Floyd Act. Let's commit ourselves to make the words of Tyler's mom true. Something good must come from this. Something good. I'm rocking in my seat. He didn't pass the George Floyd Policing Act. Yes, 
Tyree Nichols family, they were there and they put aside their pain to sit there at that state of the union to be a symbol of something greater and bigger that must happen in this country when it comes to the legal system from top to bottom, not just policing all the way to the courts. But these folks cannot even pass the George Floyd Policing Act, which they promised the Floyd family that they were gonna do when they had control. Anyone say that this happens far too often? You know what, Mr. President, you're damn right. It happens far too often. But in the case of what happened to Tyree Nichols, those six officers, including the white officer that y'all tried to hide, but especially the five black ones for the black community, who are an absolute embarrassment to our people and kick the hell out the tribe. They gone. They got to go. Those men are sick. And it wouldn't matter if they was a teacher, a nurse, a carpenter, or a street sweeper. It's something wrong with them. But see, here's the challenge. They carried a badge and a gun and have the power of life and death in their hands. So they just sick. Sick. And thank God they ain't no damn nurse or no doctor, but they sick. In other words, no matter what profession they went in, their true nature would come out. We're gonna talk about that a little more. But damn it, you promised the Floyd family the same thing, and you ain't done nothing, didn't do it in the 117th Congress. Wouldn't sacrifice the filibuster for nothing. We sick of this. I know I'm sick of it, Jackson. I don't know about nobody else, but damn it, I'm sick of it. I am. Well, you know, I'm sick of it. Well, and and to the reality of of, of Joe Biden, I mean, really, honestly, would be better if he really didn't even invite them there and and didn't really mention anything. I mean, honestly, politically, that would have looked better for him to just avoid it because he's already, you know, for years, but especially even recently, it's not even necessarily that because when he talks about the like defund the police, like he doesn't go about it in a way like maybe we should change the slogan. Like he, he just gave more like, money, Jackson. I mean, he yeah, gave yeah. more money. Sorry to cut you off. He gave more money. To exactly. Police. But but exactly exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like a ah, just you know, scoot that all the way to the side and just forget it. We need to give them more. Like you said, we need to give them more money. We need to invest in them more. Um, Joe Biden doesn't really care about this issue. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. Which is again why I said like politically, it really would have been better for him to just not even address it. Uh, because like I you agree. said, he failed to pass the George Floyd Act already. So. He failed, and there is no amount of training. Don't get me wrong; I want law enforcement to be trained, but some things training can't tackle. And when you got that kind of evil and malice in your heart, what they did to Mr. Nichols, then no amount of training would have helped them dudes. It's just something wrong with them. Now I do agree with one thing that the president said in that, and that they must be held accountable. The higher ups in these departments must be held accountable. The mayors of these cities must be held accountable. We're going to go deeper into that. But for what them dudes did, those derelicts did to Tyrese Nichols, ain't no amount of training could have helped them. None, zero, zip, nada, nothing. And anyway, you know, using black people as props, but you know, so. You know, we ain't gonna let Jackson and I, we're not gonna let the Republicans off the hook because these federal Republicans have proven themselves to be totally useless, America. Useless. Look at this. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans 
Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Now, you know what? These Republicans that stood up and you see that Marjorie Taylor Greene gonna stand herself up, they gonna get a chance to prove whether or not and not why whether or not what the president just said is true. Now he said, he said, contact my office, I give you copies. That's when the president should name names. He should throw down the gauntlet on them fools. But as Jackson reminded us several times in his career, he was right with Republicans in their efforts once upon a time to cut Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. So Recently. I don't know. Maybe on the bright side, Jackson, we got somebody who understands because he was he was right there. He tried to do that, but they got up there and like like they wanted to fight in these streets at the State of the Union. Yeah, and 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 Biden did it relatively recently. I don't want to say the year because I want to get it wrong, but it was recently where he kind of was explaining it like we have to do it, like we don't have a choice, you know. So yeah. Um, but on top of that, th- this was actually the clip that I mentioned before. Yeah, he went out of his way to like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying everybody, guys, calm down, which obviously is unnecessary. But also, again, just in terms of the Republicans, it's like it's always so funny when they act like, oh, what, what do you mean? This is so ridiculous to accuse us of wanting to do this. Like y'all say you want to do it all the time, all the time. So like, how can and and then and then furthermore, you know, Trump. Uh, recently coming out to say, uh, you know, Republicans don't touch Medicare, Social Security. He did. He, that wouldn't be news if it wasn't common knowledge that Republicans are always trying to cut Social Security and, and everything else. So it, it's always just so unnecessary because so a lot of the base wants it to be cut. Obviously, a lot of the working base, when you really put it out there on the chopping block, cutting Social Security really isn't popular with anybody. No. But at the end of the day, it still goes along with Republican you know, economic ideology. So it really doesn't hurt y'all that much to just shut up, you know? I know, I'm with you, Jack. It was something that you said, you said throwing people bones, but oh, yeah. promises. Oh yeah, yeah, and again, like you have that with the Republican side, but then the Democrats, they, I think one of the things is they just, not that they really care, but they fail to see like the mental and emotional aspects that stress puts on people. So yeah. like it doesn't matter as much that it's like, yeah, we give you a little bit more than the Republicans. When people put a lot of their hope into being a part of the process and then they still broke and they got to deal with, you know, the depression and, and, and deal with the disappointment and stuff like that, then come on. You know, in come a on. lot of ways people get more mad at you than they do with the people who are just blazing and open with what they what what their mission is. Yeah, they do. True that. I mean, and midway through, so you know, got all the booing and they acting like they wanted to throw down. Thought like they was gonna throw some hands. And then Marjorie Taylor Ty Green, she stood up and shouted, Liar! <laughs> and China is spying on us and secure the border. That's all that's the only language that woman speaks. That's it. Don't ask her about anything else policy-wise because it just ain't in her. She does not have the capacity, baby. To move and groove in that way, just really simple. And then leader or speaker, yeah, leader McCarthy also didn't clap for a couple of things, showing us exactly who he is. Let's put up this tweet by Aaron Rupar. Partial list of things McCarthy refused to applaud at the State of the Union, low unemployment. Well, I kind of don't blame him on that one, but that's me. Affordable insulin, billionaires not paying lower tax rate than teachers. 
the wealthy paying their fair share in taxes, LGBTQ plus young people living in safety and dignity, family leave and child tax credit. He said just to name a few. Those are the things this this dude did not stand up and clap for. But you know what? This is very telling America. I want y'all to go back and watch that State of the Union and study it for yourself. Let us know how you feel about it. All right, are those people living in a fantasy land? Or is everything just Disney for everybody all over this country, whether you're in the rural, urban, or suburban hoods? Do you feel like you're living in Disney World all the time? Huh? Or do you feel like you're catching hell and you're working harder than, than ever just trying to make ends meet? You can't even get to thrive because you all up and survive. You live and survive, so you can't get to thrive. But somebody else had to chime in after the speech. As you know, there's always a response. So the Republicans had a response to the speech. The person that they selected to give their response is none other than Governor Huckabee. This is what she had to say. Good evening, I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Being a mom to three young children taught me not to believe every story I hear. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply wanna live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. I'm the first woman to lead my state And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Help me black Jesus, please. I got to keep telling myself this is a family show. Woke fantasy. See, that's a buzzword now, y'all, for black. And now I want you to understand that. And freedom and peace. How in the heaven are you going to have freedom and peace when you can't afford your groceries? Her state is one of the poorest states in the nation. And you know what this chick did as governor? One of the first things she takes pride in doing. And it's very telling that they had her, the woman who had to lie and cover up for President Donald J. Trump as his as his person that handled his, his press, as his press secretary. Very telling that they got her. So that shows you who is still in control of the Republican Party. But I digress. This woman wants to talk about freedom and peace. You can't have no peace. If you gotta work three and four jobs, you can't have no peace. If you can't afford your groceries and your gas, your rent and your mortgage, you can't have no peace if you don't have paid sick time. You can't have no peace if you're not making a living wage. She wanna talk about freedom and peace and and, uh, the wars against normal and abnormal. Woman, get a clue. Jesus, I'm calling on black Jesus, Joseph (laughs) and Mary on this one, Jackson. (laughs) You had to call out some boy, you got to call out everybody. Everybody, in the ancestral plane, everybody we need. This is crazy. This is crazy land. You know, um, I I saw that video this morning, um, and like I hadn't really thought about uh, Sarah Huckabee for quite some time. Then I was like, oh god, she's a governor. (laughs) Like it, like it totally, like just I wasn't thinking about it. Then I was like, ah, because she's a governor of a state. 
like, oh my goodness. But again, like the whole, you know, let alone the the, the terminologies that she's using, it's just, you know, crazy and normal. Like that that doesn't even make you look like you fight for the people because the That's Democratic good. and the Republican Party are both very corporate entities. So yeah. like that didn't even do what you wanted it to do. Like you could have been like, we're gonna do better than the Republicans. Better, like no, it's just she's just a pure hack. Everybody knows who her daddy is. They look just alike. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, it's just, yeah. But yeah, she's the governor. That that's quite frightening. And she there, she there because of her daddy. I mean, let's be honest about this. Yeah. This is only about the name, you know. <laughs> yeah. Y'all come get your governor. <laughs> she think the most pressing issue of your state is to take Latinx out of the state. Documents that was more important to her than dealing with the poor, helping small businesses. This chick, and then to go up against the gay community the way that she did, the transgender community the way that she did, just like that. Arkansas, get your governor. America, we got a problem, okay? Jackson and I, we just laying out a little bit. We can't do this all in all of it in one hour. But we have a problem and we must stop being complicit in our own demise. Yeah, I need a break right about now. I'm bringing out the fire extinguisher. We'll be back on the other side in, in a little bit. Welcome back to the show. On Unboss, we pride ourselves on showing the requisite emotion. We don't just sit here and commentate and pretend like everything is all right and be prim and proper. America, we have a problem. All right, we got a problem. It's the corporatists of both wings of the party. And they don't give a damn about you and your family. That though, that's the truth. All right, here we go. This is gonna calm me down because we're going to comments. We're going to what the viewers had to say. But before I get to that, I want to shout out Early Bird 42. Early Bird 42, Austin, aka Early Bird 42. So I got it in the mail and I just want to thank you so very much. Austin created for me, forged from its own hands, a letter opener. Oh my God, and it is so beautiful. And wrote me a letter. I mean, look at this, isn't this beautiful? Just read a portion of it. it said this piece, this special piece I hand forged just for you. It's a pattern wielded steel technique called Go Ma. Japanese for five layers. And then he breaks down. I mean, y'all feeling it. I mean, he breaks down what it took. And the thing is beautiful. So early bird 42, I just want to thank you. And he said he created a letter opener for me because he knows all the fan letters that I got to open because I have a show on TYT. That was really nice of That was nice. That was cool. It was very nice. And he said, I appreciate the work you do and wanted to send you a token of gratitude. Let me tell you something, early bird 42, I am going to cherish this and I'm going to have it. Yeah, oh yeah, it ain't going to be used. I don't want to use it. Forged it. Put his old hand. Hello, somebody. That is a beautiful thing. All right, let's get to the rest of the view. See, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. But I'm gonna be rising back up again, y'all, right after this. Okay, TYT members, Mountain Dragon, the boss, Turner and Jackson. <laughs> Go ahead on Mountain Jackson. This is going to be fire and wonderful. Also, those glasses are definitely my favorite. Always looking fly, the both of you. Jackson, even with your laundry undone. Even with the laundry undone, people showing me love. You know what I'm saying? It's what keeps, it's what keeps you going. You know, it's what keeps you going. It's, it's always the same thing with me. I always need to do my laundry. It's like, man, 
Well, my lease is almost up, so on my next spot, I might have to make sure I get get the stuff. You're not free. by yourself, and fly is a state of mind, baby. Oh, just compliments the state of mind. <laughs> Thank you, Mountain Dragon. On Twitch, Hoover, hey Hoover. The Tonys need to nominate Biden and the 118th Congress for the best <laughs> assembly <laughs> award because this is political theater. Yeah, you are. You are absolutely right. Ensemble, excuse me, the best ensemble award because this is political theory uh, theater at its finest or finest or should I say worst. Hoover, I'm right with you on that one, baby. And Sugarcane Games, hello somebody, love you, Nina. Sending that love right back to you, Sugar Cane Games. And on YouTube Super Chat, Clifton, the problem I have with the State of the Union is the president gave away half the credit for his already watered down bills to the GOP. You better talk that talk. Who voted against it? Shaking my head. Bipartisanship is not even happening. Why do it? I know that's right. If bipartisanship means uh, putting your, your your body, your thumb, everything on the working class people of this, they get nothing. No, oh, the hell with it. Start naming names. And on Soul Life, for some reason, Nina's calm demeanor while telling us horrible stuff really gets me fired up. Soul Life, you think that I'm calm? <laughs> Ooh, that's calm demeanor. I thank you. I'm receiving that. Thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you. We had such fun <laughs> reading those comments. We appreciate you so very much. Now, Jackson, I want to talk to you about Turkey, just give you a recap of what's happening there. The death toll continues to climb in Turkey and Syria, climbing over 11,000 lives, claiming, excuse me, over 11,000 lives since the two massive earthquakes. The damage and loss is absolutely heartbreaking. It's just devastating. Here are the most recent numbers, the latest numbers from Turkey and Syria because of the earthquake. Turkey reported at least over eight. 1,500 deaths in Syria reported over 1,200 deaths, 49,000, almost 50,000 people injured. Thank you, Washington Post, for this reporting. And let's take a look at some photos that were taken by Maxar Technologies, a US defense contractor headquartered in Colorado, show a bird's eye view of several Turkish towns before and after the tremblers. Here is the before, and team, let's put up the after. Yeah, and so many people have been displaced. You can see the tents in the satellite images, our next image. But the devastation doesn't end there because sanctions are slowing down relief. And I just, we wanna remind you of that. There are sanctions against Syria. Let's put this up, the head of the Syrian Arab Red Crescent K healed Hubati. We need heavy equipment ambulances and fire fighting vehicles to continue to rescue and remove the rubble. And this entails lifting sanctions on Syria as soon as possible. And the sanctions, no doubt, hamper relief and rescue efforts. This, the US Congress has adopted the so-called Caesar Act in 2020, according to which any group or company doing business with Syrian government faces sanctions. The act extends the scope of the previously existing sanctions on Syria imposed by the US and its European allies since the beginning of the war in the country in 2011. So you know what, come on folks, those sanctions should definitely be lifted for something like this, just for something like this. And then we can go back to our respective corners. There are too many people suffering, too many people have lost their lives for us to continue along this course. Jackson, your thoughts on what is happening in Syria and Turkey? 
I think um, as this has been developing, one of the things that I've really, uh, that's really kind of my mind is the importance of anybody to really pay attention to what our foreign policy is, because it directly impacts our ability to help people who go through these types of natural disasters at all. Um, 100% in agreement, we definitely should uh, lower these sanctions, remove these sanctions, at least for the time being. Yeah. Uh, because so many people are impacted who have nothing to do with the political uh, goals or, or any of the history uh, of the people in power in terms of governments being in competition with one another. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of the times when things like this happen, you know, people naturally want to help one another. But a lot of the time, the foreign policy that we have in place can be aiding in making the situation so bad, but also prevent us from being able to help in ways that we like. So it's just, you know, at every corner you see, uh, political involvement is very important. It is. We definitely need to figure this out to help the people of Syria and the people of Turkey. Thoughts and prayers, and there are groups that are taking action. But yeah, this is devastating. So back domestically, we're gonna come on back home to these shores right now and talk about the GoFundMe healthcare system that we got in the United States of America, baby. It is rolling strong. Yeah, GoFundMe healthcare system. So our sick care industry needs to just be known as GoFundMe healthcare because that's where we're at right now. Check out this headline with me. Will you do that? The medicine is a miracle, but only if you can afford it. I want you to bold that underline and underscore exclamation point message in a bottle on a train not southwest. I cannot let it go. A wave of new treatments have cured devastating diseases when the costs are too much, even for the insured patients hunt for other ways to pay. This is an absolute damn shame. Uh, April Crawford never thought she'd be begging for help on GoFundMe, but she has run out of options. She has multiple sclerosis and Mavenclad, the drug that could slow her decline, has a list price of $194,000 a year. You heard me right, team, leave it up. Gosh darn it, leave it up. Woo, this is when my cussing in a different language comes in handy. Her Medicare insurance will pay for most of it, but she still has a copay of $10,000. Now I want you to juxtaposition this with what that president just said last night. Can somebody help me? Understand this, that we let these pharmaceutical industry literally kill people in the United States of America. And most of the medicine that they come up with is off our dime. Hello, somebody, anybody. Lord have mercy on my black soul. Advances in science and immense investments by the federal government drug companies have completely altered prospects for people with conditions that seemed untreatable in almost every area of medicine, cancer, allergies, skin diseases, genetic afflictions, neurological disorders, obesity. For many people using private insurance, innovative medicines are dangling just out of reach, you think? You think just out of reach, 194,000 damn dollars. I said it, even when Medicare's 2025 cap comes into play or the $9,100 cap that already exists for those receiving insurance under the Affordable Care Act, many will still find drugs unaffordable. Research suggests that large number of patients abandon their prescriptions when faced with a $2,000 in payment. You know what? Come on, put the next one up. Researchers for Brigham and Women's Hospital Massachusetts found that in the medium price 
of a new drug was around $180,000 in 2021, up from 2,100 in 2008. Take a look at this chart. Healthcare costs in the United States have increased drastically over the past several decades. Yeah, put up the chart. I'm sick of these people. But then we get a State of the Union last night, Jackson, that says to the world that everything is doing all right. Everything is not doing okay. And this is a direct consequence of the commodification of healthcare. The greedy big pharma and private insurers are at it again. And let us not forget. Pfizer, which plans to increase the cost of the COVID vaccine to $130. It sold it to the federal government for $26 a pop. But the hell with the American people. And you got them folks jumping up and down and cheering when people are literally dying and they can fix it. We need Medicare for all right now. Not yesterday, we need it right now, now. And since we're the only industrialized nation without some type of universal health care. Let's explore the benefits from what it would do. Benefits of universal health care would lower overall health care costs, may lower administrative costs, standardizes service, prevents future social costs, guides people to make healthier choices. Doctors ain't got to fool around and fuss and argue with insurance companies about what they patients need. Can I do I have a witness out there where your doctor got to argue? With a non-medical person at the insurance company telling your doctor what you can't have, only in America. Jackson, I'm a, yeah. I'm a cuss. I am. A cuss. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll come in so we 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 keep that from happening a little bit. Yeah, please. Um, but you know, it's the thing about um, there's really just no rational argument uh, for efficiency for the way that our healthcare system works, our education system works. There's really not because at the end of the day, most of the solutions to our biggest issues are rather simple. It's just an issue of access. Because even if we didn't, like, let's say we didn't even go like all the way with, you know, uh, universal health care or some type of universally paid higher education system. Let's say we just took, you know, the the, the lower level, like um, free access to an associate's degree or something like that, or maybe a public option. Just that alone would give people the ability to contribute to society much more effectively. So again, there's no rational argument to keeping things the way they are. To you know, we, we have to keep the insurance companies, private insurance system, the way that it is because we just we, we we just need competition. There has to be competition in the marketplace. But but you know, insurance companies, that's not medical competition. That's just like I'm still signing up for insurance, and a lot of it has to do with I'm just really busy, and the process is ridiculous. Yeah, I print this out, send this, and pick this package, and do this, and every single year I got to do it differently. That's yeah. not a, that's not efficient. It's just not. So no. I mean, even if you just look at it from a purely economic standpoint, take, take yeah. everything else out. It's just it's it, not. Jackson, it's stupid. It is not. This is wrong. We're the only industrialized nation that does this. Let's put up this headline quickly. Study more than 335,000 lives could have been saved during the pandemic if U.S. had universal hair care. There it is. Voted, underline it, message in the bottle. That is it on the train. That's it. We lost more than a million lives and counting because of the pandemic. Oh, I sigh deeply. Let's let's we moving on. We moving on from that, and we going to some other deep waters. That is Mr. Nichols right there. Uh, read this disgusting headline. We got some new details that have emerged. Officer took and shared photos of bloodied Tyree Nichols document says. And this reporting is coming from the Guardian. If what they did was not damn enough, 
Here we go. So you heard it right, here are the details. Newly released documents in the case of the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols by Memphis police last month provide a scathing account of what authorities call the blatantly unperfect. It was more than blatantly unprofessional, but I'm just reading what they said. Conduct of five, you know, the nerve is just say blatantly unprofessional. It was cruel and unusual punishment. It was murder, talking about blatantly unprofessional. Put the put the clip back up, y'all. Y'all know I got to commentate on what the people writing. I can't help my blatant, can you blatantly unprofessional? I mean, that's what you say. Lord, you know, so, 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 just a slight slip of judgment. Right, just, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's all what it was. You say you in a restaurant, you get the wrong meal or something, or, you're, or the person that's serving you the meal got an attitude or something. That's blatantly right. unprofessional. But to right. say with these officers, you know what? I ain't Catholic, but for the Catholics out there, show me how to do this. Cause I, I know I'm probably not doing it right. But babe, this is what this is coming down to for me. I'm about to adopt every religion up in here. Put it back up, y'all. Put it back up. So blatantly unprofessional conduct of five officers, don't forget the sixth officer, and include new revelations about how one of them took and shared pictures of the bloodied victim. Let's go on and put this man's. Yeah, that's him. Demetrius Haley, an officer that took part in the murder of of Mr. Nichols, took and sent photos of dying Tyree Nichols. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Something is wrong with these people. They are sick and it doesn't matter what profession they they were in. Haley and the other officers, they are stripped of their professional certification as law enforcement personnel. Well, should they should have never been police officers in the first place. You're on the duty conduct was unjustly blatant, unprofessional, unbecoming of a sworn officer. That is coming from the Memphis. Here they go again with this. Un- anyway, all right. And per officials, as many as 13 Memphis officers could end up being disciplined good. They need to go all the way up to the top. The Memphis police chief has signed each of the five requests to decertify these officers. That's good. Hopefully they will never work in law enforcement again. Hello, somebody on that. Something's wrong with these folks, just period. Now, why does police brutality continue? Cuz I know y'all got this on your mind cuz I do too. Why does police brutality continue to plague departments and communities across the nation? So glad you asked. Possibly cuz the bar is often so low when it comes to hiring. So beyond the beating, the kicking, the cursing, the pepper spraying, the video of Tyree Nichols deadly arrest at the hands of young Memphis police officers is just as notable for what's missing. Any experienced supervisor showing up to stop them. You know what? That's a good point. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe that could have saved this young man's life. Absolutely right on that. Trends with the Memphis Police Department. Let's show this chronic shortage of officers, specifically supervisors, increasing numbers of police quitting. The job is stressful as hell. Put aside the 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 what the the debauchery I mean with the the criminal behavior because this ain't just unprofessional it's criminal behavior what they did let's put that aside and struggling to bring in qualified recruits and with these issues the hiring process is more relaxed let's put this up the department offered new recruits fifteen thousand dollars signing bonuses and ten thousand dollar relocation allowances while phasing out requirements did y'all see that are you listening to me if you're just listening to my wonderful voice. While phasing out requirements to have either college credit, military service, or previous police work, all that's now required is two years work experience. Any work experience will do. Y'all hear that? Any work experience will do. And I'm not so sure about the military experience here. We'll talk about that at, a, at another time. But you know, you you bring that mentality to the streets. 
And not to say that we don't have some folks that have served this country who would do a good job, but we got to think about what it is to be in war mindset and what it means to be on the streets. Should be a different type of mindset. But there we are. They relaxed all the damn, all the rules. So while the hiring process is more relaxed, at the end of the day, these specific men, these, they murdered Tyree and they are horrible human beings at the end of the day, period. No matter what the training, none, none of that matters. These are terrible human beings. They would be bad men if they were teachers. They would be bad men if they were fast food workers. They would be bad men if they were garbage collectors. They would be terrible human beings even if they weren't cops. That's what this comes down to for me, Jackson. But damn, Memphis. Well, you know, you have that. And um, for me, one of the biggest things that stood out about this whole situation is uh, the Scorpion Police Unit. You know, which basically was created to do exactly what got taken out. They were like a task force unit that would come in to, you know, basically stop people, to come in to handle situations in a more aggressive way to quote unquote protect the neighborhood. And the biggest issue with an organization like that is the type of people that it's going to attract. Um, you know, because again, this wasn't just like a, a, a normal police officer group who was just doing his rounds. Like they specifically were for action. You're gonna attract people who are looking for action. They're looking to do things like that, which is why they were enjoying themselves. It's it was horrible. Yeah. yeah, they were, and they were enjoying it. Like they were yeah, bragging they were. about it. So they were. Yeah. And now we find out texting the the bloody body of Tyree all out to his colleagues. Uh, we're gonna keep you posted on this. Now check. So GOP hecklers weren't the only drama at the State of the Union. Watch this. In case you are not a lip reader, here's what was said. Put this up. Romney told Santos, you don't belong here. Intense exchange in the House chambers right before the State of the Union. This is what the Senator said to this representative. You don't belong here, dude. As he left the State of the Union, Romney elaborated more. Take a look at this. Why did you say that? I didn't expect that he'd be standing there trying to shake hands with every senator <laughs> in the President of the United States. That's, uh, given, given the fact that he's under ethics investigation, he should be sitting in the back row and staying quiet. So look, 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 he, he, said, he says he, uh, you know, that he embellished his record. Look, embellishing is saying you got an A when you get an A minus. Lying is saying you you graduated from a college you didn't even attend. Well, there it is. I mean, hey, Senator Romney got that right. Embellishing. There's a difference between embellishing and just flat out lying. I'm with you on that. Senator Romney, break it down. <laughs> you did break that down. Hello, somebody. But talk about a fight brewing in case you needed a reminder. Here's just a list of the lies, not the embellishments, that Representative Santos told. Graduated from Birch College, was a star volleyball player, worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, claimed he's <laughs> half black and half Jewish. Grandparents survived the Holocaust, lost employees in the Pulse nightclub shooting. Lord have mercy on our souls. And if we're being honest, there's a whole hell of a lot of people there who don't belong in Congress. It's not just him who told the lies, but when you look up lie in the dictionary um, among members of Congress, I think he stands up in the top five right about now. And that really does include though Senator Mitt Romney. Romney Trust Act is a Trojan horse to cut senior benefits. This man actually 
wants to cut Social Security. So Jackson, we ain't got a whole lot of time, but baby, go at it. The way yeah, I, I, well, first off, Mitt Romney's principle it always cracks me up because even before he got into office, like he was like professionally just like strips entities of all their liquid value and you know all the collateral damage be damned. Um, but like I was saying, George Santos, he really ought to just get out of Congress and start like a TikTok career or something, become a social media sensation because he absolutely would be. I mentioned he's really of no real consequence, especially if he's out of Congress. If he would do like challenges, two truths and a lie, but nobody would ever win those truths. He could do sweepstakes, he could travel the world and just tell stories and people would absolutely tune in. I would tune in. Who wouldn't watch that? Everybody would watch that. And he's frustrated. He just did an interview where he was like, he had a lot of sass and a lot of snark because someone dared to say, well, are you truly sorry? He was like, yes, well, I don't know what else I can do. I said sorry already. Like, bro, you're not even enjoying this. Log off and log on to TikTok, do your thing. You'll get sponsors. He will make so much money real fast. You might as well. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jackson. <laughs> name of this TikTok show, two truths and a lie, baby. Yep. You know, never get to the truth. Never, Listen, never. hey, Representative Santos, you just heard it from Jackson. He told you, he gave you your next career, baby. Just go on and log off of that and log on to TikTok. Yeah, go on and do that, baby. You make millions <laughs> for real, for real. Well, that is our time today on Unboss. We have covered it all from the deep, deep, deep in the streets all the way to Romney and Santos going at it. Yes, the difference between embellishment and a lie. They have to agree with the senator on that. Now, you know what we want you to do right about this time. We want you definitely, definitely, definitely to keep the faith, but more importantly, keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.